Welcome back to the show, everybody. Thank you for tuning in. I appreciate it. Thanks for thanks for being here with me. And today I have a special edition of the show. But first, before I get into that, I want to talk to you about where I'm sitting. Currently in a hammock in Mexico, maximizing my hammock time. In the words of my good friend, Kirby J. Fisher, you got to maximize your hammock time. What does that mean? It means... Figure out a way that you can do what you want to do for as much of the time as you possibly can. Currently, I'm enjoying some quality family time, surfing, swimming, chilling in the hammock, lounging by the pool, eating good fruit and tacos, uh, living the good life. You know, I realized on this trip, I went right from a ski trip to this trip so i'm getting about three weeks of holiday right now much overdue for my family more so than me um you know much overdue for my family to get my full attention so to all the parents out there you know kids grow up so damn fast we're always chasing goals we're always running after these goals and these achievements that we want to have come to fruition in our lives but Kids don't wait. Kids grow up. You know, there's no time to wait. You need to do the things with your kids at the appropriate times in their lives. Take vacations. Teach them how to surf. Teach them how to swim. You know, laugh, have fun, play around. Do all those things while they're still young enough to enjoy it. Before they grow up and they realize that you didn't spend any time with them because you were too busy chasing your stupid goals that don't matter anyway because now they're grown up and they're gone. So that's what I'm doing right now. Taking a quick break from that to talk to you guys. But then I'm about to go jump in the golf cart and go to the beach for the whole entire day. So pretty lucky, pretty happy, pretty grateful. Thank you guys for being here and listening to this stuff. And uh, yeah, back to what this episode is all about today. We have Champagne Sep is his IG name on the show. He hit me up. He got a crazy crazy patagonia hall out of vermont a state that is very near to my heart if you listen to the show if you watch my youtube you know that i lived there for a long time it's where i really started my snowboard career and learned to snowboard went to school there it's just a great state uh i don't go back as much as i should but i love it can you hear the birds chirping see i'm not lying i really am in mexico anyway uh he talks about how that all happened, and uh, it's just a great chat about Vermont and his amazing Patagonia Hall and what he's up to. You know, as you get into the episode, you'll realize that we're talking about, uh, you know, he gets it at a thrift. The story was that it was a clear out of an old store. Somebody had stored all the stuff, and uh, it got donated to a thrift when he died. His friend got the rights to the estate, and then passed it on but the more I think about it the more I look at the stuff that there is there it had to have been somebody closer to the brand somebody more involved with the brand because there was very unique interesting sample product lots of things that a normal retailer of Patagonia wouldn't have we kind of touch on that in the episode but you know after thinking about it more I just want you guys to be clear I do think that this was somebody connected to the brand and if there is any updates on this story I will definitely notify you guys on future episodes but uh, definitely check, you know, stay tuned to hear this full story of how this guy got like, I think like 400 mostly dead stock patty pieces, lots of original 70s white tag, um, lots of interesting sample bits, uh, crazy Das Parka, crazy, crazy rare stuff that you just don't see. Amazing rare t-shirts, Srinard tees, um, the Patagonia water drip tee, all this crazy stuff. So stay tuned for that but i also want to talk about patagonia quickly on this interest is a long intro guys just kind of diving in here chatting for a minute it's a shorter episode anyway so deal with it people just deal with it you know i'm a patagonia fan i love all the old stuff you guys can go back and watch my full collection video if you haven't already i'm sure a lot of you guys have but i show my full collection i have a since that video i've sold a lot of my stuff i'm not as big a fan of patagonia as i used to be and I'm going to tell you why. I've said that before on many episodes, but I haven't really told you why, okay? The reason why is because Patagonia currently 
is no better than any other major corporation. They are suffering and they are running their business based on corporate greed, just like everybody else. Um, they are actively seeking out and shutting down people who are recycling Patagonia. They want to be the only ones allowed to recycle their own product. Now, you may not think that's a big deal, but what, but to me it is a big deal because Patagonia is toting themselves as such a steward of the environment. And, you know, they say that they put all their resource into doing good for the planet and helping to, you know, promote activism for the planet, which they do, but let's dive into this a little deeper here. So when somebody goes out and tries to rework Patagonia, which we had done in the past, they go and get a lawyer up and they send them a lawsuit and they say, you can't do that. Um, and they shut them down. Now, if those people or myself or anybody else hadn't decided to recycle those patty pieces that were damaged or whatever, they're just gonna end up in a landfill. Patagonia isn't out there saying, oh, we'll buy it from you, we'll take it back from you and we'll deal with that waste issue. No, they're just saying, stop doing what you're doing or we're gonna sue you. And that waste issue still remains. They could have taken the higher road and just said, okay, it's fine, let everyone recycle our product because it's better for the planet. But they didn't, they're shutting people down. I know multiple people who've got shut down for this. You know, let me know what you guys think of this issue, like in the comments below, please tell me if you think Patagonia is in the right for doing this, or do you think it's bullshit and they're just being greedy? Um, again, this has happened to myself. It's happened to many other people. And it is just a sign of the times, corporate greed, the company's getting massive, everyone wants the stuff. And they just want every dime they can get. They don't want any dilution of their brand name, whether it's good for the planet or not, period. Now, the other thing people need to understand is that Patagonia, from a material standpoint and from a manufacturing standpoint, is not that good for the planet. Yes, they have organic cottons, um, but like something like fleece is terrible for the planet. It's recycling pop bottles, but it's also the number one contributor to microplastics in our water, in the ocean. And they were the one, first ones to start fleece product. Patagonia's stance is that they, they take their money and they invest it into eco-activism. So they're, they are like taking down dams to save the salmon. Okay. I agree with that. That's great. They're, um, you know, help, they're buying up rainforests to stop deforestation, things like that. But the product itself is not super, super eco-friendly. It's still polluting, which again, is, there's an argument there. It's like, you can't have waterproof, eco-friendly product, period. It just like doesn't really exist unless you got like waxed canvas or something, but you don't see a lot of skiers going up the hill in waxed canvas. It's just, uh, these arguments are deeper and I'm not really gonna get into it all here, but Patagonia really isn't an eco-friendly company from a, from a production and product standpoint. They fund eco-activism. And again, they are actively seeking out to shut down the little guys who are out there trying to recycle their products. So you make up your own mind. Let me know your thoughts on this issue. If you want me to talk more about this issue, I'm happy to do that on future episodes. Um, but I, again, I still do love the history of the brand. I love Yvonne Chouinard. I love his ethos. I think the clothing has such a great history. It's so functional and all good fashion comes from utilitarian functionality, in my opinion. And uh, let's get into this episode with Champagne Sep and check out the collection. And uh, it's a great story. Great guy. Thank you guys for tuning in. Enjoy. My guy.
Welcome what to up, the Drew? show, dude. Super stoked to be here. That's awesome. Well, thanks for coming on. Uh, this is a this is a special special edition of the show. This is a crazy haul. We're not going to spoiler alert on you here, but uh, Peyton came up big time. <laughs> Peyton came up on a haul that we all wish we probably would have come up on and. We hope one day we will come up on something just as good. This is what we do this for. This is why we're in this business. This is what keeps us coming back to this goddamn business. Halls like what Peyton is going to show us today. Um, but before we jump into that, um, we're just going to talk about Peyton and uh, Vermont because he hails to us from UVM and you're a student of the university, correct? Oh, yeah. Junior there, uh, business student. So kind of getting towards the end, but I love Burlington. So that's great. awesome. So are your parents kind of like, what the hell are you doing? I'm sending you to university and you're fucking selling old dirty clothes. What is going on here? Yeah. I mean, pretty much it's my family doesn't really come from any sort of fashion or clothing history uh, per se. Um, so for me, really, it, it all started with a job I got out of high school working for a vintage store. Um, and I just learned a lot there and it kind of got me into it. So it was a nice so setup. Where was that? Where, where, where are you from? Are you from Vermont? Uh, no, I grew up in central Massachusetts. So sort of near Worcester area. And then I yeah. moved up to St. Johnsbury, Vermont in seventh grade. So still sort of young. Um, and then I ended up going to a boarding school in New Hampshire, Kimball Union Academy. Um, Bra, yeah, Kimball Union. <laughs> and if you follow this show, you know I went to Vermont Academy. We used to play. I played tennis against Kimball Union for sure. Yeah, played lacrosse against the uh, VA a bunch. Whooped their ass nice. each time. So, <laughs> <laughs> oh yeah, they had a good. You had a good uh, like skiing group down there, but I, I'd say lacrosse wasn't the strong suit. Oh well, <laughs> shit, can't win them all. Exactly, right? can't win them all. exactly, but. Sort of got out of high school, figured lacrosse wasn't really something I wanted to carry on through college just because I didn't I didn't know if it was something I'd keep doing afterwards. Um, so I started working a job right over the Vermont, New Hampshire border in Littleton for cash only vintage. Uh, this guy named Joel. Really awesome dude. Yep. Shout out Joel. Yeah. Awesome dude. He uh, he really taught me everything I knew. Um, I worked there for like a year and a half, two years before I started thrifting or trying to resell stuff. So it gave me a good understanding of the the business as a whole. And during that time, that was like during COVID. So the, you know, the t-shirt Instagram lives were going crazy. And I feel like it was easy to get thrown into that and like really focus on t-shirts. But I learned a lot about true vintage from Joel and that's sort of my lane now that's where I like to deal in but obviously this stuff is still really cool yeah I mean this stuff that we're gonna get into with the hall it's like it falls into the true vintage world it's not really like you know it's still it's still some people say the Japanese grade or whatever you want to call but it's definitely in there so that's interesting you came you came up through that the t-shirt boom time yeah um and so was that were you heavy in t-shirts at the beginning yeah a little bit more than i'd like to be i think um you know i didn't like spend or invest a bunch into it but i was like oh this is where a bunch of the money's at and i think in yeah, the totally. early days i probably passed on a bunch of stuff um you know trading things that i really shouldn't have traded for t-shirts that i'm like oh shit <laughs> you know Hindsight's twenty twenty, so I mean, it happens in this business, you know. Um, oh yeah, hundred percent. You gotta, and you can't, you can't get stuck on it. You gotta just move on. Yeah, you know? yeah, exactly. And it's, you know, the real vintage stuff is timeless. It holds value. It doesn't never going to go away. Trends come up and down, like with everything. But uh, you know, for the majority of it. The old, you know, time goes on, this stuff keeps getting older and it becomes more rare and the value still holds, you know what I mean? Yeah, exactly. And I think you were talking about it with Sam on the last episode where the details you see are sort of passed on from era to era, like 
through different styles, but the way, you know, pockets are placed and things like that, it's just neat to see where it sort of all begins, you know? Totally. So I've checked your Instagram. You do have a lot of great stuff. It seems like you come up there quite a bit. Vermont, you know, I don't know. You don't, you don't hear about Vermont. There's not like a lot of vintage stores. There. There's not a lot of cities there. You know what I mean? It's just not really like, it's kind of a off the beaten track state for this business. And like, obviously it's super close to my heart. Like we just said, I went to VA. I spent like a good five years of my life or four years of my life anyway in Vermont pretty full time um mountains there if you're on the east coast if you ski or you snowboard you know that's uh that's the place to be but also east coast new england that whole area there's a lot of stuff a lot of old older stuff because there was more people out there back in the day you know you have more history you have more character to a degree like west coast was developed later obviously that's where like levi's is from and things like that but i there's just so many people in California, like it's it's kind of tapped, yeah. right? Like the East Coast is kind of untapped, I feel like, if you're willing to put the work in. And it seems like you do and you get the stuff because I've seen what you got. Thank so, you, man. Thank you. Yeah. I so mean, how did you? It's when? sort of a, a double-edged sword out here where there's a lot of history, but also I think a, a ton of stuff sort of just gets trashed because of the winters here. You know, a lot of property value, especially in northern New England, is sort of cheaper. So stuff will sit there and then the winter sort of get to them. Whereas like in the West Coast, in the desert, it's dry. So, you know, things won't disintegrate as much. But I mean, picking up here, there's there's a bunch of times where you go to grab something and it just falls apart in your hand and it's it's tough. But also, I I think I get to see a lot of old stuff compared to you know, other areas. So definitely grateful for that. Yeah, it's true. It's a good point. Moisture is not a friend of clothing, you know, any moisture and you have a lot of moisture, a lot of harsh winters in the Northeast for sure. Um, so is there many pickers, many dealers at UVM? Like, do you know many people in the business? Not too many, like that are in college with me. Um, there's like a handful, maybe, maybe three, three or five, like in the local area. Um, but there's a good amount of shops in Burlington. Uh, my good buddy Avery, who puts on the Burlington Vintage Market, which is a, a market we run up here. But we got people from Boston and Connecticut, New Hampshire that come up for the markets here. And UVM, like the the students that go here, they really dig the the vintage clothing. So it's it's kind of a sweet spot we got. And as far oh, as awesome, yeah, man. as far as picking too, there's really not much competition. Like everybody sorta has their own unique lane. So it's not often that like you go into a thrift store and you see someone else who's like you recognize or who's a picker, you know. And people yeah. aren't people aren't driving thirty, you know, thirty minutes an hour to come pick in Burlington too, just because it's it's not really worth it. You know, it's better to get out in the in the boonies, I think. For sure. Did you do you pick in Rutland? Uh, a little bit. Sometimes I'll make the trip down. There's a bunch of thrift stores there though. Yeah, I bet. I bet. I've heard uh I've heard there's some stuff around Rutland. It's kind of another like forgotten or not forgotten about, but like it's not it's definitely not as known as Burlington, you know, and yeah, yeah, totally. It's more of like a working class normal city, right? Yeah, there's a um, bunch of those towns around Vermont where they used to be booming and then the industry shut down and now they're just, you know, kind of surviving there. But that's what I love about Vermont. It's got a bunch of character, so. Yeah, that's where you want to be at. Yeah. Um, so so give us a lowdown. Like, what's your, what's your method? You're hitting the thrifts. You got a bins there. Like, what's the deal? You you know you don't have to give it all away, but yeah, yeah, um, not too many thrift stores that I enjoy going to around here. Um, I the Goodwills are sort of obviously I know a bunch of people can relate to this, but maybe not managed the best, so there's not new stuff consistently rolling out. Um, the bins around here also shut down a couple months ago too because of staffing issues. It was on and off wow. during COVID too, so it's tough. Um, but it's basically like 
weekly flea markets that I drive to, state sales, um, and then just kind of picking trips like throughout throughout the state, heading into New Hampshire too. Um, definitely try to stay away from Mass because there's a bit more competition down there, but it's uh, it's it's okay. pretty solid, yeah. So let's talk about this score, man. Give us the the full lowdown. How did this happen? <laughs> and yeah, start from the beginning. We want details. Yeah, yeah, totally. So it was actually at that Goodwill where the bins shut down. Um, okay. And there was a kind of a big issue that happened at the end there where the manager of the by the pound outlet quit just on the spot one day, like walked out. Um, and it, it kind of, it just went to to pieces after that. Um, so I kind of stayed away from that goodwill for a while and just had a bad taste in my mouth with everything that went down there. But um, still, like, I, you can't not go to the place just because in Vermont, it's not like a city where you have a handful of thrift stores to go to, you know? Um, so basically, my buddy sent me a text one day. Um, he sent me the pictures of this stuff um, that he was passing on and it seemed like he got a good amount of stuff as well that they were putting out on their hand-picked rack um, which is something they started like a couple years ago maybe a year ago where they charged like maybe 10 bucks for a t-shirt or 20 bucks for for something or like this or that um, so sometimes you know you could score there but most of the time it was like that's ah, not really worth getting this but that's what all the patagonia stuff was put on to um and i went by later that day because i was in classes and he had grabbed most of the adult size stuff there was some kid size stuff with tags and because of the time i spent at the goodwill bins when they were open i had a good relationship with a lot of the employees there um so i was sort of looking through the rack and i recognized an employee that you know, I've chatted with a bunch in the past and I had asked if there was any men's size stuff she could bring out from the back. Um, and she was like, oh yeah, sure. I'll go check. And she came out with the Zen turtle snap tea in the dead airspace parka and a few other things that were really wow. great. Um, I was like, holy shit. Thank you so much. Um, you know, they were like 20, 30 bucks a pop, but with the discount card, it was like 25% off. So everything was definitely manageable. I couldn't say, you know, and I don't want to talk too much about prices, but it wasn't, I wasn't paying two bucks a pop for the stuff. You know, I had to, you know, think about it a bit here and there. Um, but basically, yeah, and I can, I can imagine that's like tricky. You're probably on like, you know, a student's budget, whatever, but still those prices are ridiculous you know like yeah for yeah for what they were bringing out and the condition it's all into um so basically i brought those things up to the counter and there was a new manager working there that sort of needed to tag the things for me and i chatted with her for a bit and she brought out a couple more things and i kept coming back like day after day um asking when she'd bring stuff out. You know, I'd go in at the morning in the morning. She'd say, Oh, it, it's coming out around noon. So I'd, you know, run back to my apartment, come back to the Goodwill and get first picks on things. Um so that happened for a couple days and I probably got like fifty pieces sort of doing doing that method. But it was still tough because at that point, can I ask yeah. a question? Like, at that point, have you have you already asked? Like, can't you just give it to me all? Can't you just bring it all out? Yeah. Well, my buddy who went there and sent me the text about it, he asked to everything, you know. Yeah. Um, and she was super reluctant to it. She didn't want to to sell it as a you know a bulk, you know, make a bulk sale of it. Um. And I, I asked her about it too, and she didn't really seem like she wanted to either. So I was like, I was sort of like stepping on eggshells there where I was like, I don't want to fuck this up and like her to cut it off and 
send it to the headquarters place or do, just do something different with it. I just want to make sure it can, it's still available. Um, and it was, it was definitely tough at the beginning because I'd go in, you know, in the morning, she'd say it'd be out later and I'd come back around that time. And I think there was like one or two times where I sort of like missed a, a drop and oh fuck, dude, like just college kids that just wanted to go thrifting with really nice, like eighties t-shirts. And I, I, you know, I asked them about it and they were like, just, they didn't want to sell them, you know? in the store and one morning too i went straight for the uh like the hand-picked rack and some other kid went to the like dress shirts aisle and he pulled out three of the uh like canvas 1970s big label shirts dead stock and then one of the like 80s striped rugby's (laughs) I, i went up to him and i asked about him and he was like oh i think they're pretty valuable so I'm going to hold on to him. So, I mean, it was, it was tough, but I was like, I, I can't really be bad. So you don't even, you don't even really know like how much you probably missed. There could have been more. There's a bunch of stuff that got to other people. So this, have you sold much of it? Is this whole rack, like everything you've got? This is like the fun stuff for me. Um, there's, there's more of the storage unit. I haven't, I sold maybe three things, um, duplicates though things just to yeah. just to a friend of mine that that wanted them but it's been it's been tough not selling it yet <laughs> totally so give us the, so eventually you did you ever get a bulk buy or did you have to discontinue okay keep going with the story yeah so really persistent you know like every day i would show up i would ask her i would show up i would ask her and in the past two the manager had given or had taken my buddy's number. So like if she was ever interested in doing a bulk sale or something like that, she said she would call him. And eventually it got to the point where she asked if I wanted her number. And I was like, okay, now the ball's sort of in my court. I can maybe put a little bit more pressure. Um, And then it got to the point where she would text me like right before they were sort of coming out and like hold them off to the side. Um, so nice. I was able to get full first picks on that stuff. Um, and then after a couple days of that, she, she messaged and said that the, the remaining stock was getting pretty low and she would be open to, um, like an offer on the lot sort of deal. So really didn't know what to expect what there was going to be left. I thought it was going to be, you know, like the base layer stuff. There was a bunch of the base layer crap and like saying underwear and socks and a mix of everything. Um, but I went back to sort of get an idea for what was there. Um, yeah. And I was able to find like some older stuff. That's where I found the Chouinard t-shirts, um, the Great Pacific Ironworks t-shirt. Um, just like some of the older stuff that I was like, holy shit, this hasn't gone out yet. And stuff that's still in bags from the store. So it was, it was pretty wild. Um, and kind of kicking myself for it, but I didn't have the funds to, to cover that entire lot or at least what she wanted for it. Um, tried going in with my buddy too, but I don't know if it was just going to be a pain to sort of deal with the the base layer, long pants and other crap. Um, so I asked her if I could just sort of do one last final sweep, like through the remaining lot and kind of call it quits. Um, and I did that like the day after my last final in like December 17th or whatever that was. So it was like a perfect wrap up to the to the semester and that whole experience too, where I was like, all right, I've seen everything that's left. Like I can sleep now and (laughs) kind of chill out. Yeah, totally. Oh yeah. If you had to like leave for the holidays and then you don't know what's still in the back room. (laughs) It was a nightmare, but it, it all worked out. Um, and I'm, I'm just super, 
super grateful. I'm glad I was persistent with it. I'm glad <laughs> it didn't crumble through at the beginning, you know? Um, but yeah. Yeah. Those situations can be tricky when people are hesitant, you know, you have to like finesse it. You got to really play the person's per, per se, right? Yeah. You got to like know who you're dealing with because you could easily scare them away. It's happened to us many times with dead stock digs and stuff. Not really thrift store thing, but it's happened to us for sure. Yeah. You kind of gave me some more info over DMs about like where this all came from and that sort of thing. So how did you find all that out? Did I guess just dealing with this woman, she eventually kind of like told you where how it all came to be? Yeah, yeah, pretty much. Um the story from my my buddy too who who told me all about it and it's kind of a funny thing but that first day he went there and saw it all um you know he filled up his cart and spent like a couple hundred bucks but the guy who donated it all was actually in the store he was checking out um no shit yeah and he he all he wanted to do he told the manager he was like oh no i don't care i just want to buy a jacket he went picked out a jacket and bought it back which was it's just kind of crazy but essentially this guy's buddy passed away i'm not sure when i'm not sure who he was but he owned in like an outdoor outdoor gear store something like that um i have a few ideas as to what was you know i've been looking online but it's tough because a lot of the items will have tags from different different store locations so it's like one store but the stock that didn't sell from another and things like that but it was i mean pretty much like a complete catalog of everything from 70s to mid 2000s um and it was all just store stored in a barn you know it's got it's got a little bit of a musty smell to it but somehow it survived and it's just it's not so was so obviously the store was in Burlington, like this person donated in Burlington. I don't know. And oh the Well the Goodwill you said was, but you don't know if the actual outdoor store was yeah, Burlington or not. No, I don't. It might be like yeah. southern southern Vermont even. And then you know, the other thing that seems weird to me is like there wasn't Patagonia stores like per se. There was like outdoor stores. So like how come it was all Patagonia and not other brands? Like no North Face or no like other weird brands that could have been in the store. I, I don't I don't really know. I don't know if when the company shut down, maybe the the owners were like, All right, I'll take this brand, you got this stuff, you know, you got the Orvis, I got the North Face and something like that. I mean, there were a few brands, but that stuff was like there were a few uh like rugby shirts that weren't Patagonia, but they weren't also pre-Patagonia, like not like the the Umbro ones. Um, and then like socks too. But those were the only things that weren't Patagonia. Hey guys, quick intermission here from the show. If you are listening to this on iTunes or podcast format, you might want to go switch over to YouTube right now because we are going to start showing you some of these pieces. We don't show you all of them, but we show you some good ones, and uh, you might want to see them. If not, keep listening. You just won't be able to see these amazing Patagonia pieces that we're about to show you. Also, want to take a quick minute to tell you how you can support the show. F is in Frank, vintage.com is my company. If you want to shop on there, it supports the show directly. Go buy something with code VTG and stuff and get 30% off. This is my third week, guys, of episodes on monday i'm dropping every monday and i'm getting back on the patreon okay guys this week on the patreon i am dropping my must pick items my slept my list of slept on items that you should be picking that will make you money okay every week from now on i'm going to drop something special on the patreon group to help you grow your business, tips, tricks, marketing, um, how to sell, what to buy, all that good shit is going to be dropping on the Patreon. This week, I'm dropping my most slept on items list. Guaranteed, there's something on this list that you do not know about that you are not picking currently. 
You can get on the Patreon for five bucks a month. It supports me directly. And I appreciate everybody who's on there big time, big time. You know, I haven't been on there in a long time, but now that the podcast is back, weekly drops of things that are going to help you grow your business straight up this week, the most slept on items that you should be buying whenever you see them, period. Okay, back to the show. Let's get into it. So random. So sick, dude. Good for you for scoring. So thank you. Show us some shit. Show us some shit. Like, yeah, totally. Is it cool if I stand up? Yeah, yeah, you're good. This is like a full catalog, like you said. So he's got everything from Schwinard gear, pre-Patagonia, T-shirts. Looks like there's Hawaiian shirts. You got the Doss Parker there. You got some fleece. So yeah, just show us some stuff. Yeah, so starting with some of the older stuff, the Schwinard T-shirts on the high crew tag. Classic, yeah. These were all when I go out back and sort of dig through that they were just in a plastic bag with a piece of tape you know closing it up but all of them were pretty much dead stock i mean i i doubt anyone's worn them just by the look of the oh yeah the collar on these i I don't i don't have one of those those equipment shirts like i have this one but i don't have the one you just showed with like the act there the pics on the back that one's sick yeah it's pretty neat i mean and Obviously, with some of this earlier stuff, it's hard to tell the value on it. But from what I've heard from other collectors, sort of anything Chouinard is is pretty wild to find. And I just think the the condition of this stuff, just to be, you know, left on un, unused, and it's just wild to me. Totally. Show us the. Um, well, just keep going. Whatever. Whatever. Show, that 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 the water T shirt I thought was super cool. Oh yeah, with the the drips on it yeah that one went crazy on instagram wasn't yeah that, that's that. such a sick graphic like the drips it's like it's like if you were pour water on the gore-tex jacket just to kind of like see how it works literally <laughs> i mean and i've i've had a few people hit me up too that obviously want it as collectors but other people want it just to sort of mimic that graphic you know how well they were able to make the water look on the shirt itself totally so, this one was cool. The like an employee shirt, but it's like a reforest America tree planting trip. Yeah, sort of, sort of sick. just a little funky thing. You can pretty much guarantee there's nobody out there who has that shirt. So you're probably the only one. I I sold. I had two of them, and I sold one of them to my buddy Chad. Chad Senzel. He uh, nice. Yeah, he's persistent. This is that. Dead airspace parka. This was the first one that, like, one of the first things that came out. Um, but really great jacket, great size, um, and unworn too, which is kind of yeah, crazy. Killer, killer, killer. It's funny. I just got my first DOS parka. I got that purple one. Purple's uh, awesome. That's the took me a long time. Yeah, that one's older too, right? It was like I think it's like ninety six or something. I don't I don't know exactly the date. This one's ninety nine, um, but yeah, I, I, yeah. But did you, certain colors go for more money. Like if you look it up, yeah, I, I think, don't really know all I the details. I think this one's supposed to be a good one. <laughs> but nice. yeah, these were pretty cool too. Um, the SST like waiting jacket for fly fishing. Yeah, this one's a sample. Um, That's killer. And then. This is the actual jacket from that year. And it's just neat to see the the details. Like this one has a little back pouch. This one doesn't. The materials are different. Um, but just sort of cool to get like a little history lesson. So you know what you know what comes to mind right now? It's like so I feel like this probably wasn't an outdoor store for one thing, because I feel like I mean maybe it was, but why would an outdoor store have an employee shirt? And then also have two employee shirts. And also, why would they have samples? I don't, I, a store typically wouldn't get samples. Like, yeah. I mean, I, I'm not trying to call bullshit on your story, but I feel like it would be more like the guy would like have worked with the company in some aspect deeper than just like a retailer. You know what I mean? Yeah. No, I mean, I, I totally agree too. I mean, it's nuts. There's, there's actually a pair of shorts that came out of the, like all this too, like some, 
90s river shorts, but they had a, a customer return form in them too. So I think some stuff was returned to the store and then just sat, you know? Oh, that's cool. Yeah. Super, super gnarly Patagonia hall. It's like you got so many of the OG grails in one foul swoop. Yeah. I mean, just the, the range of all this stuff, which is because originally it was just 90s stuff that I was seeing come out but then I started seeing the big labels and I was like what the what the hell's happening you know but is, is that a vintage UVM shirt yeah you're wearing that's sick <laughs> I collect uh, vintage Vermont stuff anything Vermont nice. related UVM related so hit me up Got these two. I think these are pretty, pretty long crazy. The Schwinard Equipment Corduroy shorts. Can you see the tag? Sick. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, we can see it. Yeah, totally. But those are exciting. Um, Jeez, I don't even know where to... Where to go from okay, here? Okay, well, sh- show uh, show what else is sick. Wow, you got a lot of hats. Yeah, man, like 50. Damn. Yes, man, it's... But, you know, cool ones like this, you know, like that cottony material. Yeah. Printed ones. You know, a bunch of them dead stock, too. Wow. Some from the, you know, some early 90s, some later. It's, yeah, it's crazy, but it's... It's really a mix of everything. I actually got a couple pairs of underwear too. Okay, let's see the underwear. Got these plaid boxers. Okay. Nice. Fun pattern. <laughs> right there. Dope. Not bad. A little pataloha ginch for you. Yeah. But yeah, I mean, other. Sample stuff too, like these pile mitten or glove liners, but oh, from nineteen ninety. These are like the reverse pile, um, like seventies mittens. Oh wow! Which I don't think I've ever seen them, but definitely pretty cool. Um, well, I got some cool like rhythm stuff too. Oh yeah. See? Yoga pants. Oh, no way. The ladies. A little bit of storage stains on that one, but still pretty neat. These are some cool shorts. Yeah, sweet. It's funny, though. They got like a little zipper on the front, too, which is funny to see on these nylon shorts. Um, what else? You know, like the... uh paddling jacket but it's it's cool to see all this stuff with the tags and like everything inside as well yeah fully what padaloha shirts did you get i only got one only got one and it's a little later my buddy grabbed one that was from 95 i don't know what's the what's the shirt in front of that one on the rack this is a sample which i'm i want to say Maybe Padaloha, but it's got that like mid nineties. Yeah, tag. well, they I have I have a few that have Patagonia tags too that aren't Padaloha. That's what I I mean. That's what I was thinking. Um, passed on it and then went back to it when I saw the the little red ink in there and figured a sample is probably worth picking up. Hell yeah. Um, yeah, this shirt behind it here. This is a, a rhythm button up. It's cool. Is it button front or zipper front? Buttons, uh, right? Button front, yeah. yeah but Very just nice. super funky stuff. Um, back to the older stuff, like a kind of like a base layer raglan thing. Oh, yeah. So, how funky this sweater. It's pretty neat. 
Yeah, the, I've seen this one a few times. I don't have this one. Yeah. It's such a it's such a cool design. Like it's random. Yeah, exactly. Um, let's see. Bunch of shorts. Like the these are eighties dead stock ones. I've got some nineties dead stock ones. These I don't know the the name for this style. It's like the cotton you know, like a cottony material, but they're like a... I'm pretty sure I had a paddle house shirt with dog print before. Yeah, I forget the forget the name, but it's definitely a, a wicked cool one. And then I love these too. They're women's, but dandelion. Yeah, let's do it. Print Ermos. Yeah, just, I mean, pretty much every color baggies you could think of. A bunch of printed ones. And a bunch of the the river shorts with the belt. Oh, yeah. But this one's cool. It's like same artwork, but just three different colorways of the same stuff. So it's nice. It's just crazy having this sort of selection on hand. Um, what are the vests you got on the rack there? Let's see. Nothing super special, just like puffer ones, but they have a neat, like, I don't know if you can see, like, the the texture to it. It's kind of, uh, like, staticky, it looks. Yeah, totally. But those are pretty cool. This one, I'm probably wrong, but I think it's called the the big vest. Okay. Kind of, like, cinches around the armpits, too, here, so keeps you warm. Oh, these are pretty cool. Some fly fishing attire. Got the got the, the pants to match. Yep, pants to match. Both of them with nice. tags. But yeah, I mean it's. Oh, and you got some of the fly fishing vests too, right? Oh yeah, I got the uh, the backpack, pack bust. Oh, sick. I don't think I've seen what has a pack attached to the vest. Yeah. Dude, I've never seen that. Yeah, I got the the tag in it. There's some like like papers in it too that sort of like explain the function of all the pockets and shit. But it's just, it's so cool to see all this stuff, you know, unused. It just blows my mind. Yeah. So how many pieces do you think you got total? 250. I think it's like Probably two fifty on the dot. Nice. Well, congrats on a crazy haul. Thank you. You're gonna make a lot of money. Are you trying to? Uh, what's what's the game plan here? Are you gonna move this <laughs> shit or what? Um. Yeah. I mean, I really want to. I know a lot of people are interested, and I'm I'm ready to move some of this stuff. There's a couple things that I'll probably hold aside, um, for this coming May because I do Brimfield. So. Oh, dope. I want to make sure there's a there's a good selection there for everyone who comes out. Hurtan, spot number 36. So hopefully we'll okay. have some stuff there still. But um, for now, it's probably just going to be selling it through Instagram just because I don't want to take all the time and list it on eBay. Yeah, fair enough. Totally. It's super normal. Yeah. Yeah, with schoolwork and stuff too, I'm just trying to make it easy on myself, but... I also want to make it fair for everyone who's interested. So it's, it's tough. So how did it go down with your buddy? Like he bought a bunch of stuff. How much pieces did he get? Do you think? Uh, he's, he probably got like probably over a hundred maybe. Oh damn. And like or maybe, you, maybe a bit less. I mean, have you seen all his stuff too? You got some killer. Yeah. Yeah. Well, it was basically like three of us that sort of went in on it all, but I think I probably got some of the older stuff, maybe some of the better stuff, but they also got, you know, more fleeces than I did. I really didn't get many fleeces at all. I got one of these retro X's, the other one I just found like the day before finding all this stuff. So it was, it was just funny, yeah. sort of the, the selection and who got what. So how come he didn't just want to keep going himself? How come it wasn't like hoard this shit? Um, he's a he's an everybody eats sort of guy, and I think 
me and him, we kind of, we, we do a lot of stuff together too, a lot of business together. Um, nice. So I think basically he was like, go ahead and see what you can do with it. I, I don't think, I don't think either of us expected like the relationship with the manager at Goodwill to go this smoothly and for her to give, you know, like me to be able to talk yeah, to her and set stuff up. up. Yeah. yeah, yeah, exactly. So once it's, once it started like that and it was like, oh, they're like bringing stuff out for me. It's like, okay, this is game on. Um, and a lot of the time too, when I was like spending time at the bins, he owned a vintage store in Burlington. So he was working at the shop all day. I, you know, I had, I was at the bins a lot. So I, I, I was able to form those relationships, I think. Yeah. Well, I like that attitude. I like everybody eats, man. I think that's cool. You know, help your friends out. Why not? Yeah. It worked out for all you guys. Yeah, totally. I mean, my buddy Avery, the one who does the, uh, the Burlington vintage market, but definitely like my right hand man for, for everything. I mean, it's, he's a great guy, but definitely glad he, uh, he, he shared, shared some of this with me. Yeah, for sure. Yeah. Okay, so if anybody wants his stuff, go follow this man and hit him up. I'm going to have to uh, potentially call dibs on a couple pieces, but we can talk after the show. <laughs> you're, you're not going to release the podcast until I ship them out to you, right? I'll hold it, get, I'll hold it, get hostage. Oh, man. Let's, uh, let's talk about skiing, dude. You been skiing lately? Dude, not not enough yet. Um, hoping to get out soon. I haven't been out yet, but it's been a crappy winter. It's been a really so crappy what, winter, and I think with all this going on too, I've just been my hands have been tied. Yeah, yeah fair. Where do you? So you a Killington guy? Where do you normally go? Oh uh, no, I'll, I'll usually go to like Bolton Valley. Um, I like Sugarbush a lot too. I used to live out in St. Johnsbury, so I love Burke. Uh, just a little okay. little small mountain there, but high speed quad. So you know, no lift lines. You can just get a bunch of laps in. So that's that's where I prefer to ski. Also love Jay Peak, but we're my buddy weekend. was my buddy was at Stratton this weekend, and he said like it looked like they got fresh snow down there. Didn't they, they? Yeah, we did get some good snow this weekend. Okay. First, first okay. week of class is back for me, so I'm just like I'm in Locked hell with in. this stuff too. I mean, me and my girlfriend, we got a little studio apartment down in Burlington, but I mean, God bless her. These past couple months, letting me, you know, bring this stuff into the apartment and having to you know, sort through it here because too damn cold to go out to the storage unit and spend a couple yeah, hours outside, you know? So she's, yeah, she's been huge through this whole thing and she's, she scored a couple pieces too. I made sure she, <laughs> she got some stuff. So nice. Yeah. That's awesome. We're actually on, we're actually in Nelson, BC right now at a mountain called Whitewater for the week's uh, riding. Oh, hell yeah. Yeah, up with the family or some friends or uh, I brought my son Hudson and my brother my brother Jesse's here and my buddy Pete's here shout out Pete's meat <laughs> and uh, he got his family here we took we took one of his sons today because we're we're all like newbies on this mountain right yeah Whitewater you know we wanted to like explore a new mountain because we we always end up going to the same places for like our trips so we're like let's just go somewhere new and this mountain's chill like no lift lines during the week like it's been like super that easy there's like nobody there the whole fucking resort has no cell phone service or wi-fi so it's like you're super tapped out it's nice so we're just like let's go over like on the lift looking at like zones and we're like that zone over there looks like there's some powder left because there's like fr there's fresh snow around but it's like maybe like four days old or five days yeah. old yeah. so you got to like look for it luckily <laughs> yeah. this mountain has so little traffic that you can still find it but we were like hey, let's go to this let's go into this zone we hike up this like part of the mountain we drop into these trees it's like super good like the yeah. snow's deep in there but it's yeah. like, tight tr tight trees but his son is like 13 and skiing and <laughs> we like did it he's like still like not really knows what he's doing in the trees which we kind of were like we knew that was pushing it but we did it anyway <laughs> oh man it took us like hour and a half to get down this tree run because like we kept getting stuck with him and like 
put him way out of his comfort zone. God bless his soul. But uh, yeah, I mean, I gotta say though, I I got the similar memories when when I was a kid, where you just gotta rip the bandaid off, you know, ski a trail you really shouldn't be, and then you get some yeah. balls on you, and you're like, all right, let's let, let's go, <laughs> you know. So <laughs> totally. maybe maybe you'll hit it again tomorrow, and and he'll be <laughs> beating you down. <laughs> yeah. Sweet. Um, so, dude, thanks for coming on, man. You want to give any shout outs? Do you want to shout out your buddy who told you? I don't know if he told his name. Yeah, yeah, Avery. Uh, okay. His Instagram is Rico's Vintage. Just started okay. a new page. He shut down his store in Burlington just recently because he's really focusing more on events. Like I said, he puts together the Burlington Vintage Market around here. Um, so check out that Instagram as well. Uh Let's see who else. Joel from Cash Only for you know starting this all off for me, um, kind of teaching me everything. That was huge. And then all the yeah. you know all the homies around New England and stuff. My buddy Mike, um, Jerry's Warehouse, Old Man's Vintage Matt, Antique Shirts. My buddy Cyrus, um, my buddy Liam out in Oregon, Plum Garments. Check them out if you guys are West Coast, but basically just all the uh, the New England homies. Yeah, dope, man. Moral of the story is thrifting is not dead, people. Thrifting is not dead. Look at this man, living proof right here. Also, you know, you got to put in the work. You know, you went to this place for days and days and days. <laughs> yeah. And that's... You know, that's how you get paid. That's how this shit pays off. You've got to put in work. You can't ever expect, no matter what you're doing, selling vintage, fucking opening any kind of business, if you don't put in the work, you won't fully reap the rewards. And also be good to people. You know, like this this deal kind of came out of like keeping that relationship going, right? And like some, some dickheads might have gone in there and gone like, like pissed off that they're trying to get 20 bucks and trying to grind them down and then like fuck that bridge like in the first day you know what i mean exactly exactly so yeah just thrifting ain't dead and be good to people exactly man the racks are not dead <laughs> get out there folks get out there all right well maybe i'll see you at brimfield i still have never gone i keep saying i'm gonna go so maybe maybe this is the one i mean there's the may show july show and september show i'll be there all three Hurtans, Hurtans, whatever you want to call it, spot number thirty-six, right near the road. So it's gonna so be. What a- does that mean? That's like one of the one of the zones. Hurtans? Yeah, yeah, one of the fields. There's like a bunch of like privately owned fields along this main strip, where the the owners of the property themselves like rent out spaces during that week. So it's crazy. It's like a mile and a half strip of tents, as far as you can see. You know, there's there's everything there. It's it's wild. But I found some great stuff, sold some great stuff, met some great people. But would love to see uh, you and Jesse out there sometime soon. Hell yeah, dude. Okay, well, thank you for coming on. Thanks for sharing your experience. Thanks for the stories, and uh, we will be in touch. Hell yeah, appreciate it, Drew. I'm not re- I'm not releasing this episode till I get a couple pieces. So I know, I know. Just just <laughs> just send the address. We'll figure out payments and shit later on the house. Damn it. <laughs> All right, guys. Thank you for tuning in yet again to another episode of Vintage and Stuff with your host Drew Heifetz. Thanks, Champagne Sep, for showing us your collection. Go follow him on IG. He's selling all the stuff. Um, and why didn't I buy it all? I don't got that kind of money right now, and I'm investing in property <laughs> and uh, the stock market. But um, I bought a, I'm, I'm definitely buying a piece or two, and you should go buy stuff. And uh, if you want to know about how I'm investing in the stock market and real estate, you know, maybe that's some stuff I can post on the Patreon for you guys. Let me know your thoughts if you want me to post that kind of stuff on the Patreon. I'm happy to share everything I know on there. So this week, again, on the Patreon, if you want to go sign up, you can get on there for five bucks a month. And I'm dropping the most slept on items that everybody leaves at the thrift that are worth bank. There's going to be things on there that you definitely do not know. Some you probably know, but some you most likely don't know. So 
to support me, support the show, jump on the Patreon. Much, much appreciated to everyone who has done that. I hope you guys learn stuff from the show. You know, that's why I'm doing it. I love the good feedback. I love when people send me Instagram messages. You know, and I know there's a lot of people out there who have benefited greatly from the show. So if you think it's worth it, if you can support me to keep pumping these episodes out every Monday, please do so. Get on the Patreon. There's a link down below in the show notes, in the description, whatever you want to call it. Again, if you want to shop the website, code VTG and stuff, uh, get 30% off there. I'm going to continue maximizing my hammock time here in Mexico. I will be recording an episode this week, though, for you guys for next Monday. Super stoked to be back and being consistent. Thank you guys so, so much for tuning in. Thanks to everyone who supports me, my patrons already. It means the world to me, honestly. Super stoked, super grateful for all you guys for tuning in. Super grateful for all my employees that work with me. I'm a very lucky man. Grateful for my family. Grateful no matter what. Here's a tip for you guys. I'm going to leave you with this today. If you're ever feeling bummed out on your life, if you're ever feeling down, you're ever feeling like things are all shit, <laughs> we all do. We all feel that way sometimes. Take a moment, quiet your brain, and just think about what you're grateful for. Maybe do it right now. Do it right now, literally. Forget about the bullshit. Forget about worries. Forget about the money you got to go make. Forget about your bills. Forget about your mortgage. And just think about what you're grateful for. Think about how lucky you are. Think about your family, your kids, your lovers. Just be grateful. It will make you feel better. It will change your life. Continue to do that. And I tell you, I'm telling you, you'll be a happier person for it. Um, now that you've grounded yourself and now that you're grateful again, go get it. Go hustle. <laughs> time to go get it all right thanks again peace out enough of this bullshit it's time to enjoy mexico catch you next monday